hello, hello. I feel like this is that SNL skit. I was talking about this the other day and no one understood my reference. Do you remember with Molly Shannon and Sherry O'Terry? Oh, yeah. And you mean with the sweaty balls. balls? Yeah, with sweaty Alec Baldwin. Balls. <laughs> we kind of have an Alec Baldwin here right now. Uh, my producer, Isaac, is going to be my Alec Baldwin for the moment. <laughs> you force him to you give him the, the NPR voice? Yes, totally. Justin, does he set the tone? Sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's when the price is right. <laughs> oh, do you have a, like a, one of those boards? Yes. It's like, oh. Yes. It's so fun. It gets really, gets really tricky. It's so oh, fun. I've always admired people who have that. that I was going to say that skill. I guess that just that device. That Part device where you press buttons. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, you can, oh, uh, not manifest. You you can, what is it? Con, conject, con, conquer, con. You can like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you can, like Oz. you can make any sound just like appear in life. Well, you know, there's those people that have that skill that can do it with their mouth. You mean by making noise? <laughs> what? No, you know, like um, I saw it on America's Got Talent. There was a guy who did the whole Star Wars trailer. What? Just with making noises with his mouth and no. like sounding like different characters. <gasps> it's really worth a Google. This is such a this is such a silly conversation, but it's really worth a Google because I could not believe that that was coming out of someone. Wow, this could be really dirty. All these things that I'm saying that I, I hear myself, you know, my any, mind goes to such a dirty place. Anything can be dirty yeah. if you make it. That is what I have learned. I have kept myself in recent times from making so many. Because it's just, it interrupts the like the flow of the conversation. Yep. It's usually, it makes someone else have to think. And then it like, and then it, it just immediately, I always regret it. I'm like, well, that's not really where my brain goes. Or, or it's just, it went there, but I swear I don't like think like that. And it's like, I. But you're like, it kind of does. It kind of does, but it's just not worth it. Do you feel like a dirty bird? Like, do you consider yourself a dirty bird? What does that mean? Um, I consider myself a dirty bird. You are I so prude. Real, yeah, I have. I. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have. Um, a dirty mind. <laughs> Everything that I possibly can, I turn it into a silly sexual situation for someone. Um, like like in conversation. Right. I have the humor of a five-year-old boy. Right. I love potty humor. I, I That's why I love Howard Stern. It's like really dirty humor. Right. It's but- a dirty bird. So I was having this conversation with uh, with with Josh about <laughs> we were talking about you and this how is you're our like producer. What? One of our producers. Yes, one of the producers yeah. of the movie that we did together, How We Know Each Other. Yeah. The lovely, wonderful Josh, uh, Josh Reinhold. Oh my God, um, that one. Uh, love him. But we were, <laughs> we were talking about you and your like outward dirty birdness. And we went on this whole riff <laughs> about how you like, absolutely, you're so like, you're very like, not, not I feel like prude has a negative connotation, but like, you know, uh, in a in a totally respectable way, like prudish, like in real life, you're never, ever dirty. <laughs> and then we got to like, you go to bed with one of those like nightcaps <laughs> and long night and you go to the, like your hand across your chest. <laughs> Like with my golden cross, like it's Jesus is with me. Yeah. Like you go like wearing your little like, ooh, lovely slutty outfit. And then you change into your little. And I pray to Jesus. (laughs) How did you know that that is me every single day? We know. Oh my gosh. God, everyone, (laughs) I am Alessandra Torsani and I am here with Eden Cher. And share like as in share. Share the singer. Eden as Eden, like the garden. Share like the singer. (laughs) It's the story of my life. <laughs> I mean, that is not a bad story to tell. Yeah, it's I've I've gotten it down to a 
uh, you know, it's three words each. It's a science. Yeah. Usually people honestly, you usually remember people eat in because they know that word, but yeah. share, it's a crapshoot either. You remember? Well, because I even asked you, I said, I've known you and I, I, I everyone says sheer, share, char. Sure. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I truly, I could, uh, I couldn't give fewer fucks about okay, how you say it, but because it's like, you know, a rose by any other name, you know? <laughs> Listen, someone who has a mouthful of a name, okay, I yes. understand what it's like. Totally. And it's kind of like, cool. Yeah. Great. Uh, it, whatever you want me to be. Whatever. And as being actors, I feel like this is what we have to deal with anyway, so we might as well just be another person's character. Exactly. What was your character name in Stepsisters? Beth. <gasps> Beth. <laughs> yes, that's right. You were yeah. I know I wasn't Claire because Claire was Big Bang. I was Amber. And I remember Amber, when right. I saw that that the name was Amber, I was like, God, that's such a good, like, strong, slutty name. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, my God, that's so terrible, too, for somebody that is the name Amber. And I've just totally categorized them into being what they are. Yeah, you've pigeonholed them. But I think they'll if they're, if they're actually as strong as they are, they'll, you know, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. <laughs> they'll be okay. It's so funny because um, Lyndon was on the show. Yes, And love I was... T- <sighs> Love Lyndon. Oh my gosh. Love a Lyndon. And we, whose real name is Jennifer. That's we got right. To that, talking about names. That is this, right. this show is consistently going to be about everyone's name, but her real <laughs> name is Jennifer. And we were talking about how Stepsisters, which was a Netflix movie, guys, check it out, um, was such a fun experience and such a stressful experience. Oh, yeah. And gut wrenching and miserable and hated every moment and loved every moment <laughs> and didn't know what emotion we were. In the two and a half months that we were there and how it literally brought all of these women together who were completely different. Yeah. And really broke us down. I oh, mean, we yeah. were breaking down. Yeah. It, but there were there were there were two ways to go there. It was when you get broken down, you either I feel like you either, you know, become dust and then you become the dirt, the soil and you mm-hmm. branch and you make a new tree all together because yeah. you have to. Yeah. I was in the fucking best shape of my life. I was in the best shape of my <laughs> life. I will never be able to get back no. there. In fact, I asked Nick the other day. Yeah. Nick, Nick is my fiance. He, uh, I was like, oh my God, I was wearing this really tight dress. And like, I work out, I work out a ton because yeah. I'm just like, again, like, I just want to be as strong and strong best shape. And you feel know? energetic and, and. And I tried on this like really like skin tight dress. And I'm, again, we're both very small people. Right. I also am vegetarian, vegan, you know, right. c- care about health and stuff. And I was putting on it and I was just like looking and I was like, I just don't, what do I, does this look, <laughs> like, I'm not, I know I'm not like fat, but is, am I crazy? Like, and he was, this happen? Yeah. And he was like, uh, he was like, no, you look fine. And I was like, that's not an answer. And he was like, no, what are you, like, you look great. You know, you're not in stepsister shape, but. Shut up. I was. Nick. I know. You know what? Using it as the adjective <gasps> stepsister shape. I, I cannot even. But he's so right. He's so because right. Because oh, it yeah. was a specific shape. And I was talking about in the last episode that we were working for probably on and off six weeks of just dancing. 13 hours a day. 13 hours a yeah. day. Nonstop. We would get home. Our, our adrenaline was still going. So I feel like even though we weren't working out still, the heart rate was still going. We oh, were yeah. still like burning sweat. Mm-hmm. And it was the abs and the ass that I had that I will never have again. Because uh, no matter how much working out, it was just a specific type of movement that my body was never used to. Just 
it's shocking what happens when you do, like the minutes that add up when you're like, if you're doing squats, right. it's the equivalent of doing just like three hours of squats a day. Yeah. And then, and then having to like, even like the, 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 the stamina it takes to yeah. stomp, yeah. It fuck, if you don't come from your core, it doesn't work. And the people have no idea how many bruises oh. we had on our body. Just and up and down my thighs. Up and down my thighs. Yeah. It was so <laughs> unattractive. It was, but it kind of let our age, our age, our um, anger and rage out. Oh, yeah. And like, we were just like, Argh. and every time we did the screaming and the stomping. And do you know, a really embarrassing story, and I never told anyone this except it's on the air. So I hosted the Howard Stern wrap-up show right before we were doing, um, right before Stepsisters came out on Netflix. And so I was doing advertisement and my brain completely forgot what the movie was called. <laughs> so I said it was called Stomp Sisters. Oh my God. And it I kind was of like, is. And they were like, whoa, that's so cool. And like Gary, Gary Delavate, Baba Booey was like, <laughs> Oh, cool. So it's stomping. So it's kind of like the musical. And I was like, huh, um, that doesn't seem right. Um, no. I was like, yeah, but check out Stomp Sisters. And then I, halfway into the interview, I remembered it was Stepsisters. Oh and my I was God. like, what the fuck is going on with my head? I blame it on the time change. I blame it on me freaking out. I'm on Howard Stern right now. My life right. is changing. Like, but I just remember being like, where the hell did I get stomped from? I mean, because we were fucking, we were stomping so much. We were stomping so okay. much. Okay, so I know this is like an interview sort of uh, format for uh, me, for the <laughs> guest, but I would like to, can I ask you oh, a I question? Oh, I love this. Okay. Yes, yes. I'm just, this is, again, this is not really about like emotions, but I'm, because you said like, you know, we're talking about Dirty Bird, you're talking about Howard Stern. What, like... How do you, do you have to reconcile it all? Like, why do you love Howard Stern so much? And I will, I should confess, I have not listened to like recent Howard Stern. Right. So maybe it's, you know, progressed a little bit, become a little bit more woman friendly. Right. But how do you go, how do you deal with the, like, do you, how do you deal it from like a feminist standpoint? I've always found myself to be, yes, I'm a feminist because I love women and I'm all about women are the best, like whatever, <laughs> you know? But I never um, saw a female comedian or any... There was no one that I looked up to 100% that I did looking up to as a male. Like, I looked up to Jim Carrey and Chris Farley. I can't tell you as a kid, like, what woman I looked up to. Right. And, so, and that's but, a problem. And that's a problem. <laughs> but no, but it's not to say that they weren't... There aren't great girls. I, I feel like sometimes I have the boy comedy humor stuck inside a girl's body because I don't find a lot of things funny that a normal girl, you know, in the box would find funny. Right. If that makes sense. I d I, it does. I just kind of like see myself more in like a male dominant kind of, I'm, a, I'm just super aggressive of a person. Totally. That same. I never could relate to anything that I'm like like for me the fun the person that I loved the most as a kid who I thought was funny as a female was Phyllis Diller like right. I thought Phyllis Diller was like and Joan Rivers like outright dirty I loved Roseanne Barr like I loved not now but <laughs> but, but then you know what I mean these were the women that I looked up to not the sweet princess right kind I of think, energy but I think again I mean 
I will say, and this could be a good segue into like we yeah. both are we both are bipolar, but I think definitely grew up extremely aggressive, possessing way more like traditionally masculine qualities. But I think what you're saying about like you identified with uh, you know males and not like the like normal female. Right. I not I don't want to say like take issue with because this also is not like about you. No, this no, is no, about no. like. Systemically, in general, right? Like labeling something as like normal girly, it's like it still goes back to that. Yeah, because we're still we still live in a a society where something considered traditionally Mm -hmm. feminine is goes in the bad column. It's good boy. Yeah, I I love Amy Schumer because I think Amy Schumer is a very uh, ideal. Like I wish she was around when I was a kid because that would have been a female I looked up to as a comedian because she's raw and she's aggressive and she's in your face. Um, but she still is the cutest thing in the world with her cute little like mini dress on the stage, like killing the game. Totally. You know? So I think that you're, I, I get the, the normal woman thing. I get that it's wrong. Like it shouldn't exist. But I think in 1987 and 1995 were my prime years, right. you know, of figuring <laughs> out what I wanted in that formative yeah. year. I didn't, I can't tell you, I wasn't a girl that was like, oh, I want the career of Claire Danes. And <laughs> I, you know, all, all these things that normal actresses around me wanted to be like, I didn't understand being like that. Totally. That wasn't my fit. Totally. I didn't fit in that way. And I think, uh, and I, that's why I think it's important to, when you are different, like especially when you're a girl, it's to, yeah, give yourself exposure so that you can, so it's not like, I'm one of the boys. It's like, no, you're a girl. Yeah, you're yeah. a girl and you, and I, I can speak for me. I'm a girl and I love being a girl. Yeah. And I'm also this. So you can look up to me. I can be like, everything. I can be everything. It's not like, I, I'm not saying, I'm not embracing, I'm not saying like, I'm like this and I love it because I'm more like a boy. It's like, no, no I'm no, aggressive and I'm right. this and I'm fucking girly. Right. And I I, am, I have feminine qualities and I'm a, I'm a woman and I'm like embracing mm-hmm. being like the, the, the goodness of also like all things that come with womanhood. Right. Well, and I think, so... On a side note, guys, uh, Eden and I both discovered on set, going through our emotional basket case, that we were both bipolar. Do you remember how? I'm sorry. I don't remember how. I remember it was in the dance studio, and I was looking for my medicine. Is that what it was? Yes. It was this moment you were like, because you were like, you were. Because I take my medicine 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. every day. Yeah. If I'm an hour off, I I notice it. No one else will. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I notice it. And and, and so wait, so you tell me, what, what, what exactly happened? So we were in the dance studio and you were, it was a, I don't know if it was in the morning. It must have been the morning because we never, we never went that late. Um, But you were like, um, I need to, (laughs) you're like, uh, you're like, I, 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 I I don't know where I put my backpack, but I need to take my medicine. (laughs) Um, And I need to call, I don't know if it was your psychiatrist or something, because I need to get my prescription uh, transferred to a, uh, to a pharmacy here because there's not enough. I don't have enough. They couldn't prescribe me enough. And I was like, oh my God, I had to do the exact same thing. And I, I don't know how I, it, it, it got to why, like why the immediate question, I don't think the immediate question was what medication are you on? Right. But I think, no, you said you, you were like, yeah, I'm taking this medication because I'm bipolar. And I was like, oh, me too. And literally at the same time we were like, I was like, I take, and you went, oh, I take Lamictal. Lamictal. We're like, oh my God. Sorry. 
Like, oh my God, yeah, I've never met another person who takes it. That was the first time that I'd ever met someone. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it was really cool. Wait, same. I don't know why I said really. Same. Yeah, no, but it was really cool because one of us didn't have her medicine. Mm -hmm. And I do not recommend anyone doing that, but (laughs) just on a side note, um, just just don't mix medicine with people, but we were on the same and we had different doses, but it was okay. Um, But that was the first time that I had ever um, done a movie or even a TV show, specifically in a work function, that anyone had the same in quote, out of quote, disorder that I did. Yeah. Yeah. and it felt so, um, I could cry about it because it just felt so comforting to me because it was like being one of the girls, being like, does anyone have any tampons? Or like, yeah. does anyone, who's this take their birth control? Like, it was the first time that I I got to share something with someone of, oh my God, you understand what I go through every day. Totally. And Same. it was this, this, and being similar ages, being females, being actors, it was like this like, breathe yes I didn't feel on on edge it honestly it is such a uh once again it's like a simple thing when people are like yeah I felt heard or I felt understood but actually uh, experiencing just in real time Mm -hmm. feeling like going from feeling like you have to explain yourself to just feeling like you don't have to say words and you are heard, like you are seen mm-hmm. and you're understood on a level, on a bodily level right. is so powerful. It was so powerful, especially because our endorphins were going so high and so low and, and whether or not we were dealing with a mental disorder or not, that was just a high stressful environment. Yeah, totally. And there was a lot of female energy there was yes. a lot of us being frustrated with each other and not on in a in a not in a mean way, just like frustrated with ourselves. So then we all took it out on on something else. And then what was really fun was when we were shooting, we all had to get together and be like, we need to do this for ourselves. Yeah. Because everyone around us is just expecting things and yeah. we need to fucking blow their socks off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's kind of like uh, there are no more times there, or there's no, no, there's no time for excuses. Mm-hmm. There's no, like we can be understand. It's like everyone is, they don't, they'll, they will not know except for like Akamon and you know, yeah. Binky. They, they will <laughs> they know how hard it is. Our choreographers knew. Oh, shout out to <laughs> Akamon and Binky. Wow. That's choreographers. <laughs> um, but it's like, they know what we're going through, but like, you know, director, all the ADs, all the producers were just like, no, that's your job. You have to know it. So if we fuck up, it's kind of like, like you have to do your job. And there's no, so it's like, I can't say like, oh, but I know, but I was at, There's but, no time for error excuse. There's no, there's also no, I think the reason why it was like self-frustrating or like, you know, frustrating with yourself, but like we really had to, it was like the first time we were, I was sort of in a situation where, you know, acting is a really, like, it's a team effort, but at the end of the day, if someone's not giving you anything, it's your job. It's your job just to pretend they are, you do it. But with this dance routine, there was, we were dependent on each other. Mm -hmm. I could not do my move if you did not do your Mm -hmm. move. And so, you know, something fucks up. I can't be like, let's say like, I didn't do my move or I, I fucked up if, and then you fucked up and people are like, Al, why didn't you, you kind of, you can't be like, well, Eden didn't do hers. It's like, yeah, I know. Sorry, I'll do better next time. Yeah. You no, know? There, and there was no next time because sometimes we only had a few shots. I, I was talking to Lyndon uh, when we were talking about um, 
when we did the live shot of us doing the finale. Yes. And that was in an auditorium. It was completely filled with professional dancers mm-hmm. who were all watching <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> and they had one crane shot. And they only had two takes to do it. And we were trying to think, our dance must have been five to seven minutes. Yeah. Easily I, with the I monologue like at the beginning and, and us walking off and, and doing everything. I mean, it seemed way longer than it actually was probably, but I, I believe it must have been at least five minutes. And I told Lyndon how that was the first time a memory came back to me from being... Uh, hold on. It was the first <laughs> time a memory came back to me that I remembered the feeling of being bipolar and not being able to pinpoint what it was. Totally. And it was because I was a, a professional dancer when I was younger, and I used to do dance competitions every weekend. <laughs> and the dance of us doing the finale number in front of all those people with the lights and the sound and the music, something inside me went, oh, this was me when I was six years old right. being told to go on a stage and be perfect. Right. And the anxiety that would come through that, I would want to throw up, I'd want to pass out, I couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. And that was one of the first times that they had found out that something was wrong with me. They didn't know it was bipolar until I was 22. Right. Same, but- exactly 22. Wow. Weird. <laughs> Maybe that's but- the time it really presents itself. Sorry. Ooh, I love that. But that was the first memory that came back to me of where I could be, oh, that memory is triggering what's happening right now, and vice versa, and I got to figure out how to make this right so that will heal itself. Totally. And it's so strange because there are so many moments looking back at it now and with talking to people and therapists and friends and just me talking about on the show. It's Selfishly, I love doing this show because I'm actually learning a lot about myself. Yeah. Um, and it's very therapeutic, but... Doing that when I was five, six years old, that was a sign of being bipolar. Totally. And we didn't know what that was, and my family didn't know what that was. And they just thought, oh, she's just a really overactive child that's, you know, trying to be perfect. She's an only child. She has a lot of stress. Like, you know, it's not her fault. And now looking at it, it's like, oh, boom, sign. That could have been fixed. Yep. Um, And I talk about this with my friend David all the time, who's the scientist. And he says that... Bipolar disorder, you'll find this interesting, is the last thing on a checklist for a, ther- for a psychiatrist to see what's wrong with you. So they'll go through with depression first and, um, oh, not schizophrenic. Um, oh, my God. Borderline? Borderline personality. They have all these different checklists, and bipolar is the last one. So it takes an average of someone four years to be properly diagnosed bipolar. Wow. With lots wow. of tests. Wow. That makes so much sense. Right. So, so now much. it does, doesn't it? It's, yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. So for me, what my mother was so frustrated because she literally did everything in her power to try to help. She took me to hypnotherapist, regular therapist, speech therapist, whatever it may have been. She tried everything. Did you ever do acupuncture? She, that is how I found out I was bipolar. Really? An acupuncturist told me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I At think- 21. Wow. Wow. We have, I didn't realize our backstories were like extremely similar. Extremely similar. Ex- we must have very. Did you have 
child, like, is was there something that happened in your childhood where you can pinpoint, oh, at this year this happened, this year that happened, then this happened, then this happened, and you look back in the line and you go, wow, that's an equation that equals bipolar. Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. There's not, they're not like uh, distinct sort of like milestones, like this exact event and that exact mm-hmm. event and that exact event. Um, I can sort of, you know, look at like that. But when I look at just the trajectory of my life and the way I processed, thinking back on like an entire year, entire age, like range even and how I processed emotions then and just, and like feeling like then in middle school, the way I processed emotions then and then in high school and I felt like I was evolving, but looking at that line and going in especially that direction into my twenties, like when it just escalated where I had to. I, I had to take action because it was like, oh, okay, I just broke my my third computer, <laughs> like by like throwing so it on the ground. Have, so I had to do, go to therapy. I had to do something. You had the uh, anger as well. Oh, I mean, I still have the worst temper, but you know what? I don't. That's the thing. It actually teach me <laughs> when I. It's honestly, I it's have the, the medication. Worst it's not the medication. Actually, it's not yeah. the medication gives me, and I'm sure you can relate to this because I was so scared when my psychiatrist was like. Have you ever, I like saw this, like, and she was like, have you ever been diagnosed with bipolar disorder? And I was like, no, yeah. no, I'm not, ew, I'm not, that's, I'm not crazy. Um, and she was like, okay, you don't have to, you know, I've, but she was like, here's a mood stabilizer. Here's what it is. Let me explain it to you. And you don't have to fill the prescription, but, um, uh, but here are, and here are all the symptoms and, you know, do you have a history of mental illness in your family? And I was like, yes, so what? Oh, you know? so you do. Oh, oh. Hardcore. Everyone on my dad's side is uh, bipolar, uh, depression. My dad, my grandpa uh, killed himself. He was schizophrenic. Like every, all the it's signs everyone were Everyone on my dad's side is bipolar. So except really? they never wanted to admit it. So well, nobody does. Nobody wants nobody to Nobody does. <laughs> it's not that, it, there's nothing. But so, yeah, no, I, I was going to say it's the medication, but it's not. It's now that I have the ground to stand on, it the gives tools. me that it, it it almost it allows me to live in a place where I can do the work to work on like a temper and work on all of that stuff. And I've you know yeah, and I've been in therapy since I've been since like a few like a year before I was uh, on Lamictal, and then um, and then since then, and now I've been in therapy for the last you know twenty like six years or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, when I do feel a temper tantrum or it like, I told, okay. So when you it's were like talking a temper about, tantrum. no, it is it's a like temper. a child. It's, I feel like a child. It, it is such a, um, a weird thing to experience, like even being pre, like not knowing what it was because yeah. it just feels like, uh, it, it just, it feels like something you should be able to control. If you were to explain it, I love, I, I, I want to know this for my own personal use. For me, the way I explain the temper tantrum coming is it starts in my stomach and it goes up to my heart and in my chest and it's this nuclear bomb that goes off. And if I don't do that, I cannot survive. And that's what I have worked my whole life to try to figure out how to stop these. And not stop it, but please show me which word. So speaking of this, Eden wrote an incredible book called The Emotionary. And I have certain things that I've written down of certain words that I relate most to. And whenever I feel frustrated, I look back in this book and I'm like, how do I feel right now? So basically this book, which I recommend everyone getting because it's (laughs) actually the most amazing tabletop book. And every time someone comes to my house, they open it and they're like, what is this? And I explain to them. And you combine two words together 
to make a fake word in your world, yes. right, which is a real word, and it expresses how you feel. That is, it is words that don't exist for feelings that do. And I, I gestured as soon as Al started talking about temper tantrum, I was like, I just like reached across the table and I was like, hey, 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 the book. because that is a, um, there's a word that, okay, it's in rage. I've got a whole it's a chapter on a just politile. rage. Uh, oh wait, it is a polytile. <laughs> yes. That's it, the word that I wrote. I yes. literally wrote this down in my notes and wrote arrow down bipolar because I wanted to know what that what that was to you because that's how I I read this and I was like, oh, this is my bipolar. That's exactly. Wait, that's the one that's a, like it's the on guilt page of 149. Beautiful. Beautiful. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. I was like, it's the guilt. I think I originally had this, like, frustrated. It's the, it's the, like, the hor- the guilt of the come down of the temper tantrum of just like, oh my god, what? I just broke my third computer. I just screamed. I just made a yeah. hole in my like wood floor. I would break mirrors. That yes. was my favorite thing, and I'd punch a mirror. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. You have so much bad and luck. Throw phones. <laughs> Throwing phones. I have, I have hurt so much technology. I have the way you just described though. It is exactly. It's like. I can't, I, I will, I, I can't breathe. I, I, this is how I need to breathe right now is by letting it out by screaming so hard uh-huh. or, or screaming or just like, yeah, hurting myself, hurting something else, hurting anything. But I don't know about you. I don't want to hurt other people. No, 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 and no. That's what, that's what people, I, I try to make very clear to them. I'm like, I don't want to hurt you. I'm not trying to hurt you. It's about myself because if I don't feel that release from myself, and that's where I feel it gets very hard when I talk to people and they're like, well, you just have anger issues. And I'm right, like, right, right, right. no, 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 it's not anger issues. It's right. literally an explosion. Yep. And I don't want to hurt someone. I don't want to hit someone. Like, yep. no, that's not what it's about. It's about releasing this, this bomb that just exploded in my chest. It is like, I, I actually, I have had my, a few, a few in the past since I've, uh, been working on my, you know, w- working on my, it, m- myself Your and self-pity. been on medication yeah. and had this like ability. I feel like it's a, right. I feel like it's a superpower it to be able to, superpower. Right, to, be able to see outside it. yourself yes. and be like, Whoa, I can, I can control this now. Right. Um, uh, the few times I have had, and I don't know if it's like this with you, it comes from, it, 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 it is like the most familiar when it happens now, the most familiar and the most foreign feeling, like, whoa, I have not felt yeah. this in so long. This is crazy. But it feels so comforting. I know, it's sick. It always will come from, like, like I, I mean, we talked about my water bottle, how, like, yeah. obsessive I was, and it was, like, a trope on set with yeah. me being like, oh, where's Eden's water bottle? Oh, don't yeah. get a plastic bottle. Don't even do it. Yeah. When I, if I'm, like, at home and I have to leave or I'm late somewhere or I'm late for somewhere and I can't find my water bottle, so, like stupid as like something like that, and I'm just like looking. Or, I'm looking around the house, and I can't find it. It's something as small as that. Where all of a sudden I'll be like, I'll be like, where, where is it? Like where? Well, I don't want to scream in the mic, but like, where's my fucking water bottle? And then I like, we'll have to yeah, like get on the floor, do like like just like and throw a temper. Do you ever feel sometimes for me it's um, if I'm explaining, I, I usually don't have these tantrums around strangers. Oh my God! No, I, I, like, never. That's never really oh happened. God. It's always, of course, around the people you love the most. Oh, so for sure. They're they're very honored to be in our life. I'm sure. Yeah. But I feel <laughs> um, in my relationship with Sturgis, I feel like a lot of the times I will get frustrated because this happened the other day. I was fi- I was creating my logo. I was painting up. I had 
on the computer doing my logo for this show. And I had sent an email to this company that was helping me make it. And I said, you guys did this, you know, you're, you're not printing the one that I wanted, blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, right. But I said, just, just, can you help me? Can you just do it for me? Uh-huh. And he's like, right, but I need you to explain to me, babe. Like, so you need me to do this and then this. And I'm like, no, it's not that fucking difficult. You just do this. And he's like, but I don't know what you're telling me to do. Like, I'm totally listening. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that because it was my own frustration just exploding. And then another thing that I'm curious about is, do you remember before you were, excuse me, do you remember before you were medicated, do you remember, would you have like kind of blackouts? Oh, 100%. 100%. What a trip. Did your mom ever, my mom had to one time, because uh, uh, I here, here, I was going to, okay, I'll go back and then I will get to, I'll come full circle again. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, like you were talking about how your mom, you know, just tried everything and you're just an overactive kid and you just needed, you had a lot of energy and you just right. guys, I had the exact same experience and my mom was, uh, she'd like, single mom, so supportive, just like, I'm going to have my fucking kids do ever, like I am going right. to be there for them. Right. And so having a crazy, I, and I was one of three, um, just like a, you know, this seemingly crazy child. She had to constantly keep me like entertained or keep me um, occupied. Uh, that's that's exactly what me. And after school activities, yes, uh, so many, and, uh, because otherwise I had to be exhausted when I got home. Otherwise, it would who knows what would happen. And I never slept anyways, but she Ever. thought that that would help. Well, I don't know if you had stages like this. I would go through stages. I would either not sleep at all, or like when I was a teenager, I was sleeping like literally fifteen hours a day. Like I needed fourteen, fifteen hours, and it was huh. like, oh, I was depressed. Right, I was right. in a depression. Right. That's what I, for weeks, yeah. that's what that was. Um, but, uh, oh, but so I feel like it's really easy to go for it to go unnoticed or un, you know, diagnosed when you're a, a good kid, when you like, cause, and also like I was, I loved, I mean, looking back, I actually fucking hated school, but I like loved school. I loved being like, I wanted to succeed in school. Yeah. And so it's hard to say like something's wrong with that kid when they're like in all AP classes and like going, you know, getting straight A's. Mm-hmm. I feel like you probably relate. I was the math and science nerd. Same, yeah. same. Um, and so like part of how it would manifest, how my like this rage would manifest sometimes is was from, again, not sleeping. I remember when I was studying, this is one day I was studying for the SATs and I, I started at like seven. My mom was like, well, you need to eat dinner. And I was like, I need to study. I need to study right now. And she's like, okay, you're going to study. And so I was like taking these practice tests and it, finally at like 11, I started like, I just, I, I just didn't, it was 11. I had been up for like so many hours and I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't accomplish the goal. Mm-hmm. And I, it just kept getting, it was like more and more and more and frustrated. And I like was, I, I went into a, a rage, mm-hmm. a rage of just like, you know, slamming my fist on the, on the table. And finally it's like midnight and I'm like freaking out having this horrible temper tantrum. And uh, my mom comes out because all of the lights are off, you know, except for this one little like right. digi light in the <laughs> dining room. Where I'm like, ah, I look like a monster. <laughs> and she, she comes out and I was like, I, I must, this is, the reason I'm telling this is because this was one of the times where I truly just don't remember. Mm-hmm. I just completely blacked out for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And what I was snapped back into reality from was my mom. I know she walked into the kitchen and 
she, I, I like saw her. I know my brain like registered her and I was gonna like, I was gonna, I, again, I didn't want to like ever hurt her, but I did want to like hold, like touch her, touch her and like shake her. Or I want her to shake me. I want something. She just like walked silently over to the kitchen sink and took a glass and filled it with water and just walked over and poured it on my head. Just poured ice cold water on my head and just said, go to sleep, go to sleep. You can study tomorrow. And I, I knew I was, the reason I, I like, that is my go-to for like, I fucking blacked out was because I remember like, almost like waking up being like, oh, I'm like present. I'm in, I'm here now yeah. and I'm soaking wet yeah. and I'm, I'm, and I'm like, but I'm dehydrated it, from crying. It took you to do that. Yeah. And so that's what like, yes, all the time, just white out, but totally. I had a, an ex-boyfriend, and then I, I want to ask about emotionary, but I oh, yeah. had an ex. He was one of my first boyfriends, um, and and we had a very interesting relationship, but but a great guy. <laughs> and I this was before I was diagnosed bipolar, and I was probably 19 at the time, and we had gotten into, I had gotten into such a fight with him. I couldn't tell you why. I'm sure it was over nothing. I completely blacked out. I don't remember it. But this just triggered, and I have not thought of this in 10 years. He grabbed a water bottle from the fridge and poured it on himself. <gasps> Whoa. And just to make me laugh. Wow. And I laughed, and that's what took me out of it. Yeah. And I think that's why I love comedy so much, because it's yeah. my form of release. Oh, totally. Totally. Did you see a? Did you watch the Hannah Gatsby uh, Netflix. No, I haven't yet. Oh, I know. It's so good. It's so yummy. It's so yummy. So just like, oh, it makes you whew, yeah, feel a lot. Right. But um, but she talks about she like really dissects comedy, and she talks about kind of why you know comedy. It, it's not a bad. It's not. It's not inherently bad. But she really puts it out there. She really lays it, lays it out uh, in a way that's easy to understand, which is comedy. It is. It's a release. It so is. when you're up there, if you're doing stand-up, you're creating the tension. You're telling a joke. You're telling it, uh, usually like telling an anecdote where someone's like, oh, oh no, oh. And then you boom, punchline, like, you like, know, and you release. And then she talks about why that's sort of like we're creating, the, you know, whatever. But that's exactly it. It's just comedy. It's just uh, allowing yourself to like, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? This is what I was looking for at the beginning, too. Conjure? Conjure. Conjure? Conjure. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Um, To, like, to conjure the tension that you felt in other, you know, capacities Mm -hmm. and other times of your life, and then artificial, but really, really channel it, and then release it. I think that that's why I loved watching um, comedians like Chris Farley and Jim Carrey specifically because they did comedy and more physical comedy. And that is what I love to do. I watched um, the documentary. I don't know if you saw it with Jim Carrey about Andy Kaufman. Oh, my God. It was insane. So there was a part where he said that there was nothing that he liked to do more as a kid than throw himself down the stairs in front of his dad's friends to make them laugh. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. If I could do anything, even if it meant hurting myself so much, if I could get a laugh... I would do it all the time. Totally. And it was the release. Totally. It was the release and it made me feel like, okay, that was the giant hug that I had. Right. And I think that that 
it was very rare. I think Molly Shannon was another. I, I will give it up. I love Molly Shannon. She was another woman that I looked up to. Yeah. And when she did Superstar, and she, she was wa- running through those sets and falling in the church and all that. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Totally. And that was how I found my release. That's totally. how I felt the acceptance of being like, okay, I can do this. If I can make someone laugh, then I'm going to be okay. Totally. Same. Same. It's the, that, that is, it's the, it goes back to the same thing as like, uh, of, of being seen or be, mm-hmm. like feeling understood. It's like, yeah, you're creating, you have your own release and having somebody's like the laughter just inherently means I approve of that. Right. I validate that. Right. So it's like, oh, I, I've let my feelings go. And someone is like, thumbs up. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. Did you feel validated on the middle? Oh yeah, you felt that same comedy. Yes, right. Yes, for sure. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, like, you know, towards the end, it, it's always so, it's, it's really hard to talk about being on like a long running sitcom without sounding, um, uh, it's just without sounding not grateful because it right. is. I feel like I always truly have to qualify it in sincerity. It changed your life. It changed my life, yeah. and it was, it was. Uh, it, it changed the way I looked at myself. It was it changed the way I looked at myself in terms of my like skill as a comedian. It changed. I mean, it changed my entire. It changed my life in every single way, and it was ultimately a super positive experience. And I'm so so fucking grateful that it went on for as long as it did. And mm-hmm. I had I was able to have that job and have a good job uh, for that long. All that said, I will <laughs> say, you know, sometimes it gets after playing you know the same part for uh, a really really long time. There are you have to sort of. Uh, create different mm-hmm. ways to ha- be it, feel validated and right. feel like you're growing and evolving and right. not doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so it was a little bit, it's more challenging at the end, but absolutely it like, uh, actually specifically with physical comedy, it, uh, that was like, I feel like the main form of, uh, my main form of like channeling sort of, or like figuring out what I was good at. Mm-hmm. It's, and it, it, and like honing in on what kind of, what makes physical comedy, like why is it so universal and what about what, cause not all, you know, physical comedy can go, it, it's a very specific type of, um, it's, it's, it, it feels like it's, it's always, it's so broad and it seems easy. Like, yeah, just throw yourself down the stairs. But it's actually really, really, um, uh, specific. Like, really specific. Oh. So specific. Even just like the rhythm of like the way your arm, if your arm flies uh, to the like an inch up to the left mm-hmm. as opposed to flying outwards, that could make a move like oh cringe, or it could make it hilarious. Yeah, it's so specific. It <laughs> really is. No idea. There, because I, then you're like, oh, you're so over the top, and you're like, well, what do you want from me? Right. <laughs> Giving you all I can. <laughs> um, oh, God, that's the other thing about comedy is that you really, it is, it's for adrenaline junkies. Because you're putting oh yourself, my God. all of I, yourself on the line. Listen, drama is fun, but there is nothing better than being in front of an audience doing comedy. I am sorry. It is the best rush you will ever have in your life. I mean, again, it's like we're talking about. It is about, a rush. It's just, laughter inherently means yes. It is a yes, like Positive. unequivocally. So it is just, if you could make a group yeah. of people laugh, you're just getting all of the approval, all of was the validation. It like, was it crazy for you to be so young on that show and age? Not that you're old. No, no. But I age nine years. So, age so much 
in the sense where not are you only are you growing as a girl, you know, you were how old were you when you started it? Like 16, 17. Yeah. So I mean, you weren't like puberty, but I mean, it was those formative teen years. Oh, for sure. Being diagnosed bipolar in the middle, in the middle of the middle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the middle and continuing on doing the character for me, I just have to say like hats off to you because not only is that such a hard time in your life as a person in real life, um, but also as an actress and also as someone who is being freshly medicated halfway in, I know for myself, and I, I would love to hear from you, how I was like, I am not going on medicine. I am an actress. Oh. I am not changing these emotions. You are not going like, to make me dead inside. I'm not doing <laughs> any of this. I think it's so incredible that you stayed with the same character and were able to keep the character going and be even funnier than you could have been and be on the medicine and be so self-aware of everything going on around you. Because I think that's what it does when you're put on medicine. Even though I've been told a million times Lamictal does nothing to your emotions when it affects your acting, and that is why so many actors actually are on Lamictal because of that, it still fucks with your mind. It's like this witchery, this like trickery. It's like, ooh, you're going to change. And it's like, <laughs> I'm actually not. But it, you have to kind of psych yourself out and remind yourself, like, this is not affecting my work. Totally. That is uh, uh, literally, like, almost verbatim what I said to my psychiatrist when she was like, yeah, have you ever been diagnosed with bipolar disorder? And I was like, fuck you! Yeah. She was like, uh, okay, well, here's, you know, talk about Lamictal. And I was like, listen. I'm an actress. I emote for a living. I will, I think I literally said, I, I will not be dead inside. <laughs> I can't have my emotions hindered in any way. And she was like, listen, this will not do that. Especially if you, you'll know if it does do that, then you're not on the right medication. Mm-hmm. A medication should never do that. Even people on, and she was like, it's not an SSRI. First of all, like it's not an antidepressant. Right. So it's not going to, she was like, I don't think that's what you need. I don't think that's what your brain challenges. I don't think that's what you're, you know, chemically, I don't think that's what's happening here. Um, but even for people who are uh, clinically depressed and go on medication, I have friends on antidepressants who, if you're feeling sedated by it, once again, like you're on the wrong medication. Right, what right. You, I, they're friends who totally have a bounce. They cry. They cry. They feel joy. They feel whatever. I cry every day. Every, you know what? I In actually a good haven't. way. Oh, totally. Totally. I have, uh, the feeling of, I actually just cried weirdly for the first time in like months, two weeks ago. So I cried in therapy and it was about, I was feeling, it was so odd. It was that, that same release type of cry. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm watching, sometimes like, you know, I'm watching a movie and it's just like really moving. And that's, I think still totally legitimate because it's a, you know, you're empathizing and you're really feeling those real emotions. But it was just like, like overcome, had to like throw up, had to come out of me. And it was from gratitude. It was so, it was so, I was like, I have not cried like, like from just feeling so grateful for having this certain people in my life and being able, like having the skill set to be, to, to like want to work on myself and like be aware of myself. I haven't cried for that reason and cried in that sort of like heaving sort of cry in a long time. And I used to just cry like that, like every day. I never cry with gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you cry? Tell me, why do you cry every day? 
I cry commercials. <laughs> I am a very, emo- I'm an emotional basket case. Okay, For sure. I'm probably the most emotional basket case. I can cry at everything, but I'm not the person that goes in an audition and, and knows how to cry. Oh my I can't God. do that. I don't have that skill. That is so comfort relieving to hear. Oh, I do not have that skill at all. And in fact, when they ask to cry in an audition, I probably am the worst because I can't actually get there. Yep. Um, but, but I you can, can do, do it on a set, set all day long. Of course. But I mean, I one of um one of the actresses from Caprica, uh, Paula Malcolmson, she's brilliant my god she was on Deadwood you would know Ray Donovan she's incredible and she's Irish and she went into a meeting one time and she told me that um they asked her if she could cry and she goes which fucking eye you want (laughs) and like like, not only is she just the most incredible dramatic actress I think anyone has ever seen and 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 this is why she's literally in everything and wins everything um but she was like, "Oh yeah, they tried to they tried to ask me that." And I was like, "Well, which eye do you want?" Oh my god. And I was like, "How do you do that?" Yeah. You know? It's so hard. <gasps> yeah. um, but I'm not that person. But before you leave, I have two things. Yeah. I want to talk about the emotionary. Yeah. And I want to talk about where this came from and this idea. Um, and I want to yeah, because I these apolitile is my favorite word. That's what I've realized. Um, can you read the definition of apolitile? What is it? One forty nine. Page one forty nine, please. I can't believe I was so. I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I, I wrote it so long ago, and I used to have like pretty much all of them memorized. And I, when I was like, "What?" I couldn't even look in the glossary for like because I didn't even know where to begin. I was like, "It must be in the the guilt section, or maybe it is in the rage." And the fact that you were like, "Is it apolitile?" Is that the word you're looking for? I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I think that should be the word for bipolar disorder. I I yeah. think so. Um, so it's yeah, they're all like portmanteaus. So this is apologetic plus volatile. Um, it's an adjective. Uh, embarrassed after overreacting or being impulsive. That's it. It's just the story of my life. Yep. <laughs> yep. Story of my life. <laughs> Constantly. The other one that I, I um, the other one that I liked was insuject. Yes, I was going. To no. say that as well, I swear to God, I swear to God, because when you were saying, um, yeah. it, it, I guess we off off mic, yeah. you had a moment with Isaac when you were like, "Oh, I thought you were looking at me, or I thought you were making no. a face," and it's, it, I mean, that this is sort of reductive. that's what this is, but that's what it is. It's sort of like, "Oh, sorry, I thought you were judging me right then," because it's, I'm constantly feeling judged, and yes. this is what I always do whenever I'm with a friend and I have to go into a room and I'm walking through, especially my my boyfriend or whoever it is with me, I always ask, is there anything on my butt and is there anything in my nose? And they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, nothing is, like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, people are for sure looking at me funny and that's got to be it. And they're right. like, no. Right. <laughs> and that's what I feel about insuject. Yes. And so that is insecurity plus project. It's a verb. To believe someone doesn't like you based on no actual evidence suggesting so. Literally, Maya, like, this is crazy. I know. Well, that's the thing that I actually felt about making this or what I discovered in making this book. And I, it's so funny when I'm thinking about Stepsisters. I feel like this book has been out for so long. I forget about, I don't even remember like, I, I forget where I was when it was done and when it was still happening. When we did Stepsisters, I was in the thick of it. I it, remember because you had papers. Yes, all the time. Yes, exactly. Just like all of my little, yes. 
Um, so that was that was fucking crazy. And you guys really you help, uh, there were words that I was making up. I should find uh, some of them while while we were shooting. And that was my life for a while of just like analyzing every single emotion I was feeling at any given moment, just being like, well, what why, is this? What is that? Why did you decide to do it? Um, I, I, I didn't is the weird thing. It just happened. It just happened. It didn't just happen. Like each step of the way, obviously it was in my control and it was like a decision, but I wasn't, I didn't one day, it was just like, I want to write a book. It was like, I went through a really bad breakup and then it was right before I went on medication. That was when I started when wow. I my third computer. And I was like, oh, I need, I have too many feelings. I need to do something. I go you therapy needed a the creative outlet. I needed something. Exactly. Right. And so I just started, I was like, and I've always loved puns. And I've always loved right. like. <laughs> and you're a funny person. I'm a funny person. <laughs> so I, I just started like writing down, writing down my emotions and I was like oh this is you know what no this word doesn't exist like there's no word for this let me like I'm just gonna like what actually is it and I tried to define it do you remember it. what the first word was yes it was <gasps> or yes I do what was it immodal immodal mm-hmm. what's immodal it is let's see if I just have it memorized because it's been years uh, it's emote plus spiral it's, oh I read that one yeah. emote plus spiral right to to the to feel think and judge oneself in rapid succession ultimately causing immobility Wow. wow. Yeah. There's also, I also, and then it was um, a word that is so funny. I don't even think it's a good word anymore. Like the uh-huh. actual word, the feeling is it defines the entire book, but like, it's so sloppy. Like it's so clunky. I tried to make the words as streamlined as possible and like actually sound like real words. They sound like real words. They really yeah. do. This one does not, but I never changed it. It's so funny looking at a, a done, a finished product that's like, you can't change. And I'm like, but isn't that so bad. exciting? I mean, Yeah. What a moment to be proud of. I'm telling you, people come to my house and they go, what's the emotionary? And I say, read it. Pick a word. I feel like that's what I'm going to do from now on. When people come to my house, I'm going to say, pick a fucking word. (laughs) Tell me how you feel today. Pick a word. Pick a word. Pick an eye. Which eye eye do you want? Which word do you want me to cry out of? Which eye you want? Huh? Which eye you want me to cry? Which which book you want me to read? (laughs) Which word you want? Are you going to make another one? We'll see. <gasps> we'll see what happens. It's a, that's the thing. It's an ever-growing, like, there's no end to it. Right. Because emotions are endless, you know? Well, I will leave this. I ask the question every single episode to people in different ways. Mostly for myself, so I can steal your ideas and okay. feel better <laughs> about myself. Um, maybe some of the people who are listening will listen, too. But, Aiden. Yes. What makes you want to get up in the morning and continue on with your life? Oof. This is going to sound so cheesy. Good. The idea that I can, as a, an entity in the world, do something that, would, that will be good for something, someone, anything else, that I, even if I don't that day... The, the the potential, the thought that I could do that, that that gets me out of bed. That gets me going to Pilates. Wow. <laughs> let me let me start being active. Let me start trying. And that's again, it's kind of it's not even a novel idea. Like it's not new. People that's what people, a lot of people say. Like I live to you know help or do other things. But it is when you really when you really internalize. Like I have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. I might not, but I have that power. Then 
that that's an engine. That's 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 electricity. Well, we okay. talked about it before. How I said, if even one person listens to our show right now, and they're like, "Wow, Eden went through this. She felt this way." Huh? That's all that I care about. Yeah. That's all you care about. Yes. I I know that it's about making it stigma free, making it real. This is like a safe clubhouse. Yes. It's fine. We're all out of this mind. We're all bananas, and it's cool, and it's normal. Yes. And not a big deal. If you, if I have the power, then you have, like, the the power is in you, boo. The power is in you, boo. Like, you have it. Everyone has it. You do. I love that. I'm going to use this at the end, where I'm going to, like, take this part at the end, and I'm going to put it in my car just for myself. So whenever (laughs) I'm feeling, like, down and out about myself, I'm like, wait, what? Eden say that she wants to do with her day and press play. <laughs> oh, I love you so, 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 so much. Thank you so much for being my emotional support. I love you so much, Al. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We love you so, so, so much too.